0: Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. We are Vicki B and Sammy Z.
1: Two cousins creating a space for women to laugh, grow, and stumble through their 20s. This community is all about embracing your inner weirdo while manifesting
0: that boss ass babe you know you are. Grab a drink and get ready for lots of laughs, honest chats, and authentic advice every Thursday. Like, subscribe, and leave a review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at stumblingalong. And here's this week's episode of Stumbling Along with Vicky B
1: and Sammy Z. Everybody, it is Thursday. And this is the first time I can honestly say that we are recording this intro on a Thursday. I'm not lying. It is Thursday. The day of. The day of. These girls have... These girls are right on the edge of the recording time. Will we make it? Who knows? Who knows? But I do know that we are here and we are really, really, really excited for the today's guest. On today's episode,
0: we have Emily the recruiter. And you know what? You're probably already following her already on Instagram because she has literally the best tips about how to get jobs and everything career related. Um, And she literally, when I first saw her on Instagram a few months ago, she had 40k followers and now she's like over 140. So she like went viral and honestly, she has so much value on her page. So if you're not following her already, do it. But so a little bit about Emily. So she's a senior recruiter by day and a YouTuber and podcaster by night and a career coach. So she's doing all the things. Her podcast is called straight shooter recruiter and honestly we just had such like a great chat with her i literally felt like she was another cousin on our podcast and i hope people can
1: feel how much fun we had it was such an exciting episode vicky b and i were constantly laughing through it listening back to the episode i was like we had a lot of fun but with that fun came so many topics that we covered in such a great time. So this episode we cover cover letters as well as resume tips. We also talk about LinkedIn strategies and interview strategies, uh, both in person and on Zoom. So really, this episode is jam-packed of so much knowledge that I hope all the Stumblers really, really relate to and just get super inspired by. Because after listening back to this episode, I felt really empowered to be able to take on the job of interviews and that whole process. Yes, the career hunt and the stress.
0: And you know what I love about her is that I don't know, she's just gone through the same journey as all of us. Um, She thought she was a theater nerd like us in high school and thought theater was where she was going to end up. And she went to school for theater and dropped out within 24 hours because she knew it wasn't for her. And then she ended up going into economics for a year. And she talks about how she's like, not good at math. Um, And neither are we. So we like, totally relate to her and kind of gone through the same thing Um, and so she went to economics for a year and was miserable and hated it and had a quarter-life crisis and dropped out of economics and she said she literally just sat and looked at courses and went through like what she thought she would like and she landed on HR and then she goes on to tell about you know how she got there and the tips on how we can get there too but it's such a relatable journey and we honestly just love her. We
1: absolutely love her. We are fangirls. We love her. So without further ado, me and Vicky B want to roll the tape.
0: Hi, Emily. Welcome to the Stumbling Along podcast. We're so glad you're here. We can't wait for you to save us from the job hunt that 2020 will be for both of us. Because Sam is looking for a new job. Um, come 2021 well it's 2021 now and I'm also (laughs) on a current job hunt so we're excited to get all your tips
2: I'm so excited I'm also selfishly very excited because I'm always recording alone with the exception of my father um so seeing people who aren't related to me is just so refreshing so excited to kind of spill some little some little tips some excitement um and also just hang out because like podcasting alone girl she's lonely Um, so this is so nice
1: yeah, and I'm so happy for you to be our first 2021 guest. So congratulations, snagging this first spot. <laughs> All
0: right, let's jump right into our questions. There are so many questions that people sent in. I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat and looking for jobs right now. Um, so so glad we can struggle and accomplish our job, our career goals together. Um, but first... Do you know anything about like what the 2021 like job like like recruitment is like? Is there like a big gap? Because I know in the beginning of the pandemic, everyone got laid off and then it got really competitive because overqualified people were applying for jobs that they're overqualified for, which made for a really competitive
2: environment honestly, like every company was at a full standstill. They were on like a hard stop, roles that were posted stopped being posted. It's like every company kind of panicked, did an evaluation of where they were at. And ultimately that led to a lot of organizations making some pretty significant cuts. So what I will say is, even as early as halfway through this summer, we started to see things go, I don't want to say back to normal, but on path to getting back to normal um, in a lot of different industries. So um, I currently work in tech but spent a lot of time in finance um, prior to that. And both of those industries are really starting to kind of get their groove back, so to speak. So um, if I could kind of generally predict for 2021, God, I think we're going to see some relief. It's going to be slow, um, but those roles are continuing to be posted. Companies are now in a more stable place. um, And because we've been operating with this remote working model with um, you know all of the stress that comes around with working via a pandemic Um, and through a pandemic a lot of companies have kind of found their footing so there's a lot less uncertainty which thank goodness means oftentimes a lot more room to have that stability um, from a job posting perspective so in theory things should be getting better Um, but that's good to hear even though
0: like we're not we're in a second wave technically so things aren't going back to what they were because everyone kind of knows what we're dealing with now. We kind of have like this rhythm to deal with
2: Corona. Exactly. And I think what's really interesting too is this has opened up so much in terms of job mobility. So you're now starting to see organizations who are global. That's
0: a good reminder because you now that you can like look for jobs in the States and other countries because everything's online.
2: You've got this. Exactly. Exactly. And once they have you and they love you, they're going to be fine with you working remote long for the most part so now's the time to kind of experiment
0: with that oh my god do I, it. definitely I feel like I've like been tunneling my vision into just like Mississauga Toronto GTA area but kind of totally forgot that I can so work anywhere right now
2: oh I'm yeah for it
1: So um, in one of your latest podcasts, you brought up how you were going to give some tips on discovering what your dream job is and kind of how to get there. I mean, I believe you were making a YouTube video on it, if I'm correct. You got it. Yes. So can you elaborate on that for us?
2: (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So I, I would be like remiss to start this off without talking about how much of a hot mess my entire career journey has been. And when I say hot mess, I mean like hot mess express like 60 miles per hour like things were not great um so I think having gone through I mean and that's like the long-winded way to get here but having gone through all of those emotions of feeling so lost I've really picked up on the telltale signs and the things I could have paid attention to but I didn't that would have saved me a lot of money and a lot of stress um, and a lot of heartache so for me when I think about you know what you need to focus on and this is what I talk about in my like career coaching and YouTube is it's really so much less about what you enjoy and so much more about what you don't enjoy. Because frankly, there's going to be work in every single job that you can find enjoyable enough. But my number one piece of advice is pay attention to the things that suck the life out of you and cross off every career that's on that list. And honestly, that's going to cross off a lot of careers. There's a whole laundry list of things I can never do because I can't count without my fingers. Stay in school, kids! Um, But that really narrows down what your career options are. And then you're going to go from a list of 100 career paths to maybe 15. And then from those 15, you get to kind of do a little bit of research. Maybe you're going to have some career chats. And things are going to kind of fall into place once you are really rooted in what sucks the life out of you Mm -hmm.
0: I like that process of elimination and then from there with like what you do have you can research then do some networking and really get a feel of what that industry is like and see if that's where you want to explore
2: That's fine. Pick the one that's the best fit for now. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to have the option to switch later in life. Um, Most people end up working in areas that are totally misaligned from what they studied. Um, So I just, for me personally, that pressure is just so unbelievably unnecessary. A question kind of popped into my head in being a recruiter and
1: saying that like degrees don't often align with the job you get into. So how important is that when you're sitting down, there's an applicant applying for a position and you see that their education stuff doesn't match the job?
2: Yeah, so honestly, for me, I care a lot less about your education versus how well can you do this job, and do you have the drive to do this job. With that being said, though, there are industries where, like, if you are about to get into finance, like when I think about investment banking, sales and trading, those areas, and you don't have a true finance degree, you're not even going to get invited for the interview. So there's definitely industries where you need to be aligned. But when I think about kind of those more general professional spaces, so like the communications, the HRS, um, the areas where there's like a bit more fluidity in terms of what your background can be. number one thing that I look for is why. Why is HR what you're trying to study? What is that or what you're trying to pursue? Talk to me about what kind of things you want to do at work. Why is this aligned to what your ambitions are? So the number one thing I look for is why is this your career path? Not because you need to have that academic background, but just so I can make sure, you know, are you actually interested in this or are you just kind of willy-nilly applying? More often than not, people tend to be pretty interested. Um, they'll give you some great reasons why they're interested in that career. And then all I care about is your transferable skills. Regardless of what you studied or what your previous experience is in, you, no matter what, have picked up skills that are going to be transferable, whether that's leadership, communication, all of those beautiful soft skills. Um, have you taken additional courses or classes to really one-up your technical skills? So your experience doesn't necessarily have to come from academics. It can really be a mixture of your professional experience and you know, academics or, you know, your previous roles but also going out of your way to pick up those hot skills if you are missing any through courses like udemy i don't know how to pronounce that is it udemy udemy you know what i'm saying those online courses check those out because those are huge for your resume as well
0: on that note how does like how do you make all those things stand out like your why on your cover letter like what will i guess let's just say like how do you slay your cover letter and resume to stand out to a recruiter
2: I love that. Well, I have some very unfortunate news. Um, nobody reads Nobody reads cover letters. And it's something that, I know, I know, I know, I know, because you put so much blood, sweat, and tears into that thing. And let me tell you, baby, I haven't read one in five years. Um, like, it's, it's not a thing. Um, it's not a thing, and not just because I don't read them. Because I, when I first started recruiting, I was like, oh, amazing. I can't wait to read these cover letters. And everyone was like, girl, nobody reads those. Um, and let me tell you, nobody reads them. Um, they scan them, so they'll kind of, do a quick check, you know, did you spell everything correctly? Did you do a little bit of research on the company? Um, like you'll, they'll basically do like a 30 second review, but they are not reading it. So you could tell the most beautiful story in there and nine times out of 10, they're not reading it. Um, what I will say from a cover letter perspective is number one, don't lose sleep on it for that reason. I would much rather you have the perfect resume and a slightly less exciting cover letter because that carries much more weight. Um, but if you are working on a cover letter, really the formula for success with it is three parts. Um, The first is you wanna keep it to three quarters of a page, period. Doesn't matter what level of career you're at, I don't care what job you're applying for, three quarters of a page, that's the sweet spot. Um, And the first kind of paragraph should be about like four to six sentences and that's really where you're summarizing you. Nothing crazy. You don't want to reiterate everything that's on your resume, but it's saying, hey, this is what I do. This is my thing. This is why I'm so passionate about what I do. And then your next paragraph is calling out more specifics in terms of your actual experience. So, you know, that intro was, you know, I'm a recruiter. I'm passionate about blah, blah, blah. My next is, I worked at this company for this many years and picked up XYZ skills, et cetera. So you've got about four to six sentences for that as well. And then your final kind of paragraph is my favorite one. Um, It's really where you call out why you're a fit for this job at this company. And this is where everyone craps the bed, like just defecates, baby. Like it's so bad. People will just like skip all over it. They'll either end the cover letter right there, or they'll say something like, I want to apply at Google because you're so big in your Google. Resumes, oh my gosh. I don't know what it is about resumes, but they bring me a level of joy that they shouldn't. This is why I don't have a man in my life because I'm dating resumes nonstop. It's fine, it's fine. That's a whole other podcast. Um, But resumes are, resumes are critical. Resumes are so important and it boggles my mind how they are not adequately taught at school at all. At any point in your life, are they adequately taught? Like the careers course we took in grade 10, please. (laughs) Like, please. It's so bad, like that not a thing. So if I could kind of give like sparks notes on what's really important with the resume, try to keep it to one page for the first five years of your career. Um, My resume is still one page. It's critical to keep it that way because the number one misconception when it comes to um, resumes is two things. The first is recruiters don't read resumes. We scan them. Um, So we're not ever reading word for word. We're truly scanning the, the, the document for information, picking out the pieces that are really important and then making a decision off of that. The second part is there's this massive misconception that there are bots screening everyone's resume. And if you don't hit, you know, certain buzzwords or certain, you know, whatever. The algorithm's going to kick you to the curb. And that's not a thing. Like, that's not how they work. You can definitely have some personality, but it's got to be crisp and clean and really succinct with how it looks. Um, and then this is such like a resume ramble. But the other thing that is so important... Oh, there's two. There's two things I'm cheating. Two things... <laughs> I'm just going to brain dump all of it. Um, The two things that are so critical that I see get messed up on resumes all the time. The first is a lack of action verbs. So i will have people explain what their team does. I'll have people explain what their group project was about, but not what they did. Like, I don't care what you and your group of 10 in your computer science class did. I want to know what specifically you contributed. So using action verbs really helps to back that up. So instead of saying something like, you know, my team and I wrote, you know, a web scraper application. I would much prefer you say like expertly, um, you know, contributed to the back end and front end code of a web scraper application. Like I want to know specifically what your contribution is. And then the second part of that is also data. It is so critical to have data on your resume. It doesn't matter if you are just working in, you know, the mall right now. If you're able to incorporate those, chances are you're much further ahead than a lot of people who are applying
0: i love that i'm already starting to think about like stuff that i could I write know. like just to beef it up a bit with
1: numbers yeah i only recently started putting numbers on and even so i look at them and i'm like are these numbers relevant enough are they big enough i always just like cause i'm not so, i'm not someone who's good with numbers so putting them on a resume just like scares me because like, i'm like overwhelmed
2: yeah. you yeah i'm like oh goodness <laughs> i feel the exact same i mean take it from me i can't count um so i wouldn't worry about that at Um, the numbers really, the number one purpose is to help visually break up your resume and kind of a secondary purpose is to help quantify the work that you've done, but no one is going to say like, how did you calculate that 30% increase? Like no one's going to question it. Um, it's more not to say, I mean, PSA don't lie on your resume, (laughs) um, but (laughs) I just caught myself and was like, but tell the truth. Um, no one's going to kind of stress you out about that or kind of ask how you got to that number. There is a bit of like an honor system, so to speak with that for sure.
0: I have a question.
2: Oh, Vicky
1: B. So, on my the- <laughs> <laughs> you Sorry. go first. I'll go after. I'll go after.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, you mentioned I love it. before how there how people think there's bots that picking out those buzzwords. Do should people write those buzzwords? You know how like you get a job posting and there's like these requ- requirements. Should you like use those same words because that's what the recruiter is looking for, or no?
2: if you've properly explained your resume you've really kind of highlighted the work you've done you have that robust experience in there you don't need to worry about popping in buzzwords as long as you have adequately explained the experience that you have that matches up to the job description on your resume
0: awesome so as long as you have like that really good resume like you're saying that's quantified and has action words you are good you don't need to spend forever making your cover letter and resumes because it's like an emotional process like you work yourself up so much when you're applying yes because you're like oh yeah I kind of want this job like yeah I'm into it and then you kind of just like your cover letters like that was a work of art like sometimes I'm
1: like (laughs) that was that was good (laughs) but then you don't get a call back literally that was me especially in the beginning of my hunt this year like right when I graduated um, I was like, I ha- every resume, and every cover letter has to be different, unique, and perfect. And by, like, the third one, you're actually exhausted because you've spent, like, six hours thinking about what makes you the best. And, like, we don't think about that on the best of days. So to spend six hours thinking about what makes you the best for a cover letter, it's exhausting.
2: It is And I also, like, I often equate job applications to, like, online dating profiles. And you just, you overthink every word that you put. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, have- don't,
0: don't catfish the company you're blind to. <laughs>
2: I love that you should trademark that
1: yes done (laughs) you need to okay Emily I have two more kind of more like questions for the resume specifically the first question is that little like summary blurb that everyone puts in a resume mine's so generic and I feel like it doesn't really serve a purpose but I still put it there anyway so what do you do with that My second question is, since you're saying in an ideal world for us who have just graduated one page is enough, how much description do you put? Is it point form? How many lines do you do per like event that you've happened to kind of get the most, but still not overdo
2: it? If you are often, you know, someone like me, who I looked at the summary at the top of my resume and I'm like, why am I so awkward? Like, why am I writing this? Um, Like, I was reading it and I was, Emily is a seasoned professional. Like, no, she's not. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want any of that. Um, so I personally don't have one on my resume just because it, it doesn't feel authentic to me and my brand. Um, so I would say if you're looking at your summary at the top of your resume and you're like, "What? why am I saying that I'm blah, 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 blah? get rid of it. It's not going to change the game. Um, It also does take up a pretty significant amount of space. So, you know, again, all kind of comes down to how you write the work experience on your resume is king. Like that is the most important thing on that piece of paper. So if you feel like you need to reiterate those skills at the top of your resume with a summary, and it's impacting the format of the important stuff, you know, that's probably something you might want to revisit. The other thing that I will kind of say is the summary at the top can be really important if you're switching careers or if your major has absolutely nothing to do with what you're about to apply to. And when I say absolutely, I mean like you are a physics, you know, major and you now are applying for like human resources or applying for fine arts. Like while I'm talking like total career change, um, those can be helpful to kind of explain your why. Um, And you know, you don't owe anyone an explanation, but it is a nice opportunity to say I studied this I picked up these skills and this is why I'm going to rock it in this new industry. Um, so that's kind of the only way I would say you need to have it on there. Um, in terms of how to actually break down and write your work experiences, I'm a big believer in it is a little bit different for everybody, but like not all. You kind of got to keep the same flow. So your least recent work experience should have the least number of points. So for some people, that's one point. For some people, that's two. I would say at most, it's three. And then you kind of build it up as you go. I would say if you're hovering between three to five or six points for each of your work experiences, you're probably in a pretty good spot. Um, What I will say, though, especially for um, roles that had just a lot of responsibilities like those generalist style positions where it's kind of difficult to put into one or two points what you did it's okay to go a little bit longer just adjust your format so that you have the space to do that because that is the most important thing on your resume awesome
0: and then to make it stand out like do you recommend going on canva and making it pretty does that matter
2: it honestly, it does help. Um, It depends on your industry. I will say for finance, they don't want pretty. They want a very simple resume. Um, Actually the best format in my opinion for, um, for the resumes for any kind of area of finance is actually Queens University's resume format. You can just Google it. It's a beautiful format. They have the template online. Like it's great. Um, If you're in a more kind of, I don't want to say like creative industry, but like basically anything other than finance i do recommend having a little bit of personality it doesn't need to be anything like super out of the box or bananas. but if you do have like a little bit more in terms of that it does help so basically
1: once you've you've just mastered and taught us everything about the horrors of cover letters and resumes and how to make it work but then comes the unfaithful linkedin da, da, da. and how the heck you get people to reply to
2: you and the whole networking
1: game that is literally still a mystery to me and Vicky
2: B it's uncomfortable for absolutely everyone um and honestly there are tips and tricks and formulas to help you get better at it
0: how do you like what is the how do you get people to answer you on LinkedIn like we've tried so many yeah so many all things. Ways.
2: like carrier pigeon smoke. smoke signal like someone respond yeah, to me literally yes so Honestly, it is it is a bit of a science. um, And I only know this because girl, have I failed? Like, have I failed so many times? Um, There's really two major parts. The first is look at who you're reaching out to. There is a kind of idea that people have where it's like, if I want a job, I need to reach out to recruiters. And everybody has that idea. So I would recommend targeting people in the actual business area that you're interested in. So I'll just use marketing as an example. Um, So if you're a marketing new grad, you know, you're graduating next month or you just graduated, it's time for you to start looking for those analyst roles or those coordinator roles, those assistant roles. You really want to take a strategic look at a couple of things. Number one is what industries are you interested in? And it's okay to be interested in all of them. And if you are, all the power to you, target all of them. The next thing that you want to look at is, you know, what niche of marketing are you wanting to learn more about? So, and that would go for any industry. If you're interested in recruiting, are you looking for students? Are you looking for executives? You really want to kind of explore what your options are. And again, if you're interested in a couple, cool that's all right, you can reach out to a few folks, but you just wanna be really strategic about where you're going so that you're thoughtful when you have those conversations. And the most important part is what seniority level are you reaching out to and what organization size? Because seniority at different organizations looks very different. If you were to reach out to a director at a large bank versus a director at a startup, those are two very different people in terms of accessibility. You probably won't have access to that director at the bank or as a director at a startup, probably you're gonna have some more access to. So really be mindful about what level. Um, If you're new to your career, I would highly recommend focusing on people who are one to about seven years into their career, people who are in the job that you want or are managing the job that you want. Those are the best people to reach out to. Um, And then the last part of that is what you're actually saying. Keep it short and sweet. This is what I'm passionate about. And I'm reaching out to you to learn more about fill in the blank. And the key word there is learn. Um, If you reach out to people and make it sound like you want them to refer you for a job or help you prepare your resume, the answer is no. Um, they might say yes, but the odds that you're going to get like a very busy person to sit down with you on, you know, first contact and say, oh, yes, you want a referral for a job? Perfect. Let's meet. That's probably not going to happen. You're going to have to put in some sweat equity and build that relationship. It's so, so worth it. Honestly, 85% of jobs are filled through referrals and those are all from networking. So it's it's so important to build those relationships.
1: No, I, was gonna say, sense yeah. sure. I was gonna say what does that sweat equity look like like if someone actually were you and say yeah let's get a coffee like when is it appropriate to be like can you refer me or can you um because I was I'm a I've never gotten to that point where I'd even have that opportunity to ask but should it come like how do you seamlessly do that?
2: you've had this wonderful career chat with someone I recommend spending about 20 to 30 minutes with them over the phone or wherever it might be Um, and then about a month later I recommend reaching out doing just a little bit of a catch-up like hey I really enjoyed that conversation Um, I'd love to catch up with you would love to hear how your holidays have been or what you've been doing you know during COVID all of that good stuff so I would really make sure you have a cadence of reaching out about once a month for another phone call or even if it's just via email And after every conversation, send a thank you email. Um, So that's kind of the flow that you'll get into. Now, if you see a job that's posted at a company they work for, where they have lots of connections with, it is completely appropriate to reach out and say, hey, I actually just saw this job posted. So sorry to bug you, but you happen to have, you know, an idea of who I could connect with to learn more about it. Chances are, if you had a good conversation with them, the answer is always going to be yes.
0: Mm -hmm. But never like you shouldn't just message someone you haven't connected with from the company that you saw like your dream job being posted and be like hey what's up um can we talk <laughs> um I saw this job <laughs> it's me
2: <laughs> yeah you up um so like uh, so I'm I'm a little torn on it so to be honest um I would not reach out with the idea or with the purpose of getting referred for it always position it as learning. So it's okay to reach out to someone who works at that company and say, hey, I just saw this job posted. I noticed you work there. I'd love to learn more. Um, I don't know if you're the right person for that, but like, would you be open to grabbing a coffee so I can learn more about Google's culture or Facebook's culture? Um, So always position things coming from a place of learning. And if you have a great conversation and you have a very, you know, meaningful relationship that's built in that discussion, you're going to be able to take it to the next level by asking about those referrals, but you never want to leave with that. It's very much like when you get those girl guide, you know, girl guides knocking at your door with those box of cookies, you know, they'll knock. They don't start with, Are you buying my mint chocolate chips? They're gonna be like, Hello, sir, how's your right. day? Blah 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 and then they're so adorable that you buy the cookies. That's really what you kind of have to think about um when you're reaching out is like build that relationship, have that charm and then go for your cell, which is please refer me for your company. I was
1: gonna say it always feels so hard because all you want to do is like yell at them like Please get me a job and like it's so hard to be like, okay, how am I gonna swing this very, very politely but also make sure that it happens. <laughs>
2: and honestly there will hit a point where you're not going to feel awkward about it anymore especially when you're networking with a couple of people so once you've got like two or three folks on your roster of people that you connect with often after your second or third meeting with them you're not going to feel guilty reaching out. Like you're going to have that borderline friendship evolving and that's actually how you identify your mentors as well. So after a couple of career chats you have with people, you're going to have a couple where you're like, God, I learn a lot from you. And like, I just, I look up to you and you don't have to solidify that relationship formally. Like you don't need to get on one knee and say, "Will you mentor me. But if you have those, um, if you have those conversations regularly enough, it's just going to happen. You're going to have that cadence. You're going to have that kind of, um, you know, relationship being built that it just makes the rest of it so much easier
0: hmm. So to stay connected, you recommend talking to them at least once a month and reaching out
2: to like once every two months, whatever you're most comfortable with, um, and kind of reaching out via email, just kind of checking in and asking to have like a phone call with them, I would say between once every month to once every three months. It kind of depends on how busy they appear to be. Um, and then, but more great things you can do, you know, if, there are, if they're not available for those phone chats as often as you'd like is just interact with their content on LinkedIn. Um, so even if they're not posting things, if you see them engaging with certain kinds of posts, and I know this sounds very like premeditated, but it works. Um, like if you noticed Susie is constantly, you know, interacting with a certain kind of LinkedIn post, you might find a LinkedIn post that you might think Susie finds interesting and send it to Susie and be like, I just thought of you when I saw this. I thought this would be such a good read. Like, I really enjoyed it. Tell me what you think. And then suddenly you have this kind of conversation. And don't get me wrong, eventually this kind of planned element of networking goes away. But you need to have that structure at the beginning so that it doesn't feel like, hi, can you get me a job? How are you? How about
0: like, you know, people you may have connected with a long time ago, and like, you didn't really know that you should have probably kept better in touch with? Like, how do you kind of get those relationships that. back or is that like a lost cause?
2: Slide back into the DNA. It's never a lost cause. Yes, like
0: how do you reemerge? Okay, even if it's like a year Totally. A
2: year. Absolutely.
1: Vicky okay. B, <laughs> shall we move on to our next segment? Yes. Fabulous. All right. Let's do it. So <laughs>
0: we are going to interrogate Emily, ask her all the questions about interviewing yeah. and acing that interview when you get your the, the interview for your dream job,
1: which we're all going to get this year, right, guys? Like, how do you prepare for the three kind of main different interviews, the phone, the Zoom, and then the in-person? Like, what are the main differences and similarities between them?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say overall, um, things are really not that different. Um, when it comes to preparing for interviews, I think you're fundamentally going to do the exact same things. Always have people tell me, Em, like, why do I need to prepare to introduce myself? I've been me for 26 years. Like, I'm good. And yes, you've been you for that long. And that's fabulous. Um. But you have to remember that you have known you for that long. This company hasn't known you for that long. And you need to be really strategic with what you highlight in terms of your experience to make sure that you're setting a great tone for the interview. It shows that you're prepared and it really keeps your skills top of mind. The other thing that is so freaking important, like if I could tattoo this on my forehead without my grandmother disowning me, I would. It is STAR. Um, you need to use the STAR method. And the STAR method is a way of answering interview questions for any kind of interview. Like this could be a technical question. This could be a behavioral question. Like this could be someone asking what you want for dinner. You should answer every question like this. so the STAR method is, of course, in an abbreviation, the S stands for the situation, the T is for the task, the A is for the action, and the R is for the result. And the reason this is so fundamentally important is if someone asks you a question, for example, tell me about a time you worked on a difficult team, I often find people spiral. They'll be like, oh my god, it started in 2005, and like they go on for hours, and I'm like, I don't care. Um, or have people who will give me one sentence, and they're like, oh, I worked on a team, they were the worst. And I'm like, I have no information on that so when you immediately when you're asked a question you go to the star method in your head you break down what your answer is so you identify the situation i was working on a team on a school project what was the task um you know we were supposed to be building a web scraper application what was the action one of my members of my team dropped out and i was forced to take on a little bit more work what was the result i taught myself their portion of the project we got A four sentences you've given the recruiter all the information they need and it prevented you from stumbling um so it's really important for you to kind of use that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so I have some questions so on the other side what are like the top three things like when you're in that process interview with someone that like instantly makes you smile and you're like good on you that you like maybe it kind of caught you off guard or you're
2: like oh that that was good I love that. Um, The first is they actually have a robust answer for why they want to work at this company. Um, I remember I had a candidate call out a specific award that the bank I was working at won and it was not widely publicized at all. So they clearly went on our website and they not only called out the award, um, but they called out why that award meant something to them. And I was like, amazing um like Mm. slow clap for you because you did the research but you also connected it to why it matters to you and it was very genuine like it was by no means did it come across as like oh i just googled this and i enjoy it it was like i care a lot about women in capital markets you just won an award for that and i can't tell you how liberating that is for me applying to this job so that was really special um and then also just having candidates ask inquisitive questions at the end of interviews like talk to me about you know the company's culture where do you see the organization going with covid like just really thought-provoking questions where I'm like you care you've put in a little bit of work you prepared this like I like that um and then the other thing that really stands out to me is when a candidate admits they don't have the answers I have seen so many candidates um you know if I ask a difficult question especially technical questions that I do recruit um I would say a heavy amount for software engineers right now. Um, if I ask them a question and they don't know the answer, a lot of them will spiral, um, which is a bit of a theme. And they'll say like, well, it could be this and it could be that. And I'm like, but it isn't. Um, or you'll have people, which is not great. That's not a good look. Or you'll have people say like, oh no, two plus two is seven. Like fight me on it. Like it's seven. Um, and it's just, you get really two kind of pull their opposites. I light up when I have a candidate say like, I actually don't know the answer for that. Here's how I would find the answer for you, and I think that's a game changer because it shows you're humble, it shows you're honest, and it makes me trust you. So I'm now believe everything else you've said. I'm taking as as the truth um, in the rest of that interview. So I, I think those right. are just really big standouts. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: those that's are great. An amazing, one. Yeah, because that's such a misconception. Like you think if I don't know this
2: answer in this que- in this interview, I'm not getting the job. Exactly. And that's so not the case, because there's so many people that I've hired where they, were, they missed a couple of answers, like they didn't get it. But we hired them because we know they could learn it. And most companies are really going into interviews with that same mindset.
1: I have a question. So how do you answer what
2: motivates you
1: or what keeps you going? That question in an interview. Yes. So...
2: I'm a big believer in being very honest with all of these styles of questions um, because recruiters can kind of see through the BS. And at the same time, if something that motivates you is not something that you're going to get at this job, if they don't hire you, that's a blessing in disguise. Um, So if you say I'm very motivated by connecting deeply with clients and customers and this job, they're like, oh, you're not going to connect with them at all. Okay, that's probably a good thing that you said that really think about your hard days. Um, even if you're in school, what forces you to study for that final? Like what forced you to show up for that midterm? So
1: then in terms, Emily, of like, you've done the interview, you've done the work, now you're kind of in the waiting game. What are your thoughts on when it comes to sending, like, thank you cards
2: or sending something or doing something to show that you really care and appreciated that, that experience? Yeah, that's great. So my recommendation after any interview, even if it's your first pre-screening interview with the recruiter or like a source or anyone, send a thank you email that same day. Um, and you just want to say like, had a really great time learning more about you and the company. This was something that I learned and actually call out something that you learned and say, really looking forward to staying in touch, calling it a day. You're going to do that after every interview, even if it's with the same company. So even if you did first round, second round, you send a thank you email every time. Um, in terms of kind of like gifts, I have a very strong aversion to this. I feel like it's weird. I, I don't know why. I feel like if someone were to show up at my office with like a tray of muffins, I'd be like, pardon, are you bribing me? Like <laughs> I would almost get bribing vibes. Yeah. Um, and then I just, you never know how that's going to be received. Um, that is a much more like old school, traditional way of saying thank you. Um, so I think, you know, it would really depend on who's receiving it. Like if someone were to bring my mom like a basket of muffins after an interview, she'd probably be like, that was so sweet. Where I'd be like, why are you bringing me muffins? Um, so I think I would I would avoid it. I would just keep it simple. I would, um, you know, send an email. Maybe you do like a thank you phone call the next day. But honestly, path of least resistance is hit them with an email and call mm-hmm. it a day.
0: How about for like networking calls? would you send like a gift card or something or like maybe if you're having like a coffee networking session like send them a Starbucks gift card or anything like like that what's your thought
2: I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't because it can be perceived as like, you're buying me the time kind of a thing. Um, and a lot of people who mentor actually like would love, like I've never had a mentoring conversation where they didn't buy me a coffee, um, when it was virtual, which I thought was so strange at first. I was like, I asked you for help. Why are you being like buying me a coffee? And I remember I asked someone that and he's like, I don't know if I should say this, but I think it's so funny. He's like, when you make what I make, you can buy someone coffee. And I was like, yes, sir. Thank you so much. I'll take that (laughs) Starbucks. I was like, I'll save my $6. It's literally so true, though. Like, why? It is. And you know what? Yes. So I would say, like, you are in the position looking for a job. Don't spend your coins. Send a thank you email. Yeah. Um, what you could do if you're like a holiday ki- card kind of person. I know one of my girlfriends, um, she's so funny. Uh, she's probably listening. Hi. Um, <laughs> she sends out holiday cards with her dog every year. Um, so like if you're someone who's just like naturally you kind of like do these fun, more artistic things, send them out to people you networked with. Um, but yeah, let them buy you coffee, girl. Save your money. Yeah. One day you'll return the favor. I
0: like that. We're not Love buying that. coffee for anybody this year.
2: <laughs> no.
1: No one's getting a coffee out of me. <laughs> emily our stumble our audience asked us all these questions on top of the kind of through you just went through and i kind of had a question in terms of like we were saying like the internet is everything now so what are some more unconventional untraditional ways to kind of stumble upon these resumes and get this like process going with interviewing and all that jazz
2: it's actually a really big market postings on Instagram um so girl boss is an awesome account for that they post amazing amazing roles like shout out to girl boss um lots of amazing accounts like that or you can also look up hashtags so hashtag Toronto jobs hashtag Chicago jobs Mm. um you're actually going to see organizations especially small indie brands posting for creative yes um so you'll find like smaller cosmetics companies will be looking for product managers or for um content creators so hashtags on insta are huge and also reddit people sleep on reddit and they should not reddit really
1: it's so good i'm sleeping on reddit i cannot get into it
2: Girl, (laughs) you're about to get into it because Reddit has such good pages. So if you go into Reddit communities, for example, like, um, job seekers, Toronto, or like job boards, Toronto, um, I think they have a couple for like user experience designers, Toronto, like your industry itself or your role itself probably has a page there. And not only will you get amazing career insight from other people and you might find people you want to network with in a less intimidating space, but you're also going to see job postings, especially for like job boards, job boards, Canada, job boards, Toronto, Ottawa, wherever you might be. Um, Um, They have postings there. Like I have personally posted a lot of my internship positions there Um, just because you get people who are passively looking for jobs and they're like, wait, that could be kind of cool. Um, So it's in a really unique space to look. Um, And typically you're going with, I hate to say like cool companies, but like foreign companies are not going to post on there. You know what I mean? Like, the government of Canada is not going to be like, let's post this manager job on Reddit, but like a sweet tech startup that's going to give you awesome work life balance and really cool perks and like an amazing I culture. Love that. probably that's important.
1: true. That's true. Because it does match with the brand as well as the company where
2: they're posting. Exactly. Exactly. And like, we still love the government of Canada. But if you're looking for like a more creative um, space, looking at those less conventional job postings awesome the other thing that is so often slept on is bumble and hear me out not for dating but bumble business what? bumble business is popping so if yeah, <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first ladies and gents um, if you download bumble you're gonna see at the top there's the dating the friends i don't remember what they call it i think it's like bumble buddies or bumble bff whatever and then they also have bumble Biz. that's wow, brilliant that
1: is mind-blowing again i had no idea
0: that's awesome Okay, we have a few more questions that didn't fit into our little categories. Um, So we can do just like a rapid fire out of these last questions. Hold it off. Yeah,
2: let's do it. Hit them with me or hit that hit me with that.
0: (laughs) All righty. Okay, first question. As a post grad student, when is the best time to apply for jobs after graduating? So like before, after, wait a few months?
2: Yes, I would say start your job search five months before you graduate.
1: So the next question was, I follow a lot of industry information. What is the best way to show it on my resume or on my LinkedIn?
2: So good. On your resume, this is like such a hot take. I feel like this is such a brilliant thing to do that so few people actually do. At the very bottom of your resume, I would recommend having a section called additional experience or additional information. And this is a section where you can actually list, regardless of what your format is, you can really do this in any format. You're going to list your technical skills. Um, So maybe if you're in computer science, it's like Java, JavaScript, PHP, whatever. Um, If you are in a creative industry, you might say like Photoshop, public speaking, blah, blah, blah. You're also going to include some additional certificates. So you'll say, you know, technical skills, certificates, list out whatever you might have. And then you're gonna say additional interests. And what's fun about this is you get to call out things that are relevant to your field, but also give you personality. Like they make you a human again. So I have that on my resume. I've got like, obviously like recruitment content, like podcasts, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll also say like hot yoga and like hikes with my mom, like something fun with personality. So if you're following a lot of industry content, call it out say in that additional kind of experience section list the podcasts you're listening to list the publications that you read um I often see people say like I love reading and then in brackets they've said here are my favorite books and they list like three or four and it's a brilliant way to make a connection and also showcase that even after you're nine to five you still really like what you do
0: I love that I love like adding more personality into something that feels so like administrative and like bureaucratic
2: Exactly. And again, like some people, you know, whenever I give this advice, I'll sometimes have people say like, well, what if companies don't want that? And my response is always, is that the company you want? If you want a company who wants like the cookie cutter, boring version, watered down you, that is not the place you want to be. You want to go to a company where it's like, they've got personality, they've got a little bit of kind of shine to them, bring them in. Um, So it's again, it goes back to that two way relationship that employer's got to be right for you too.
0: Awesome. Okay, third question. Any tips for how to look for job vacancies globally or UK? This person specifically asked for UK.
2: Yeah, <laughs> wasn't me. Honestly, <laughs> it's like, help, um, <laughs> honestly, I would say it is the exact same. Um, it really, it just comes down to your filtering. Um, so if you're in the UK and you want to continue to work in the UK, if you want to work in Canada, wherever that might be, still go to LinkedIn, just filter by your location. Emily, well, like, you have literally answered
1: all of our questions and more and truthfully, I feel more inspired to get
2: this done and start this year and get that dream job. I can't even tell you how happy that makes me. I'm so happy that it helps because honestly, careers are freaking terrifying. And you know, the world we live in doesn't make it easier. Like it is so hard to get information. So I love your show. Like I think you guys do such a great job. You're also so funny. Like your (laughs) dynamic is just so lovely to listen to. Um, So like, I'm super excited to be here. So I think this was just like a match made in heaven.
0: Oh my god, it yeah, was. Let's, let's do another podcast together, this was so much fun.
2: Oh my gosh, yeah, let's love. give the people what they want, can I bring you, ooh, can this happen live on air, can you come of on my, yes, oh my god, ah! <laughs> not me screaming into my microphone, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'm it. actually like 100% serious, so it's recorded. You guys heard it here first. Yeah, Yay. um, so yeah, let's see you on the straight shooter recruiter. Like, let's make that happen. Fabulous, I love that. I think that would be so much fun. Oh my gosh, it's sold!
1: Oh my god, yes,
0: we need this. And yes, everyone go follow her, she has the best tips ever. Like, I have like your resume template and cover letter template saved. Um, and she's the best. Oh my
2: god, thank you. Of course. Oh, you guys are too good. Thank you. <laughs>